0: Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. The reading is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 6 to 15, and this can be found on page 1164 of the Church Bibles. That's 1164. Corinthians 9, verses 6 to 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Christine. Good evening, everyone. It's very good to see you. If we haven't met before, my name is Pete. I'm on the staff team here, and it's a joy to be with you tonight. We're looking at 2 Corinthians 9. It's on page 1164 in these church Bibles. Let me pray as we look at God's Word together. Our Father, we thank you that when you spoke, you brought light out of the darkness when you created the world. And we thank you that by the power of, you, of your Word, you can bring light to our darkened hearts. I pray tonight that you would be at work in each of us to open our eyes afresh to see your glory and the glory of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. During the pandemic, lots of new trends emerged. Um, Almost overnight, it seemed that everyone was baking sourdough bread the price of a puppy doubled. And I'm told that uh, subscriptions to Netflix uh, went to the roof. All these trends I can understand. I mean, who wouldn't want to flop down on the sofa to watch a good film with some freshly bread in your hands with a little puppy snoring beside you? I get it. There is one new trend that I simply cannot understand though. And sadly, this trend seems to be lasting better than the other ones. This trend is wild swimming. (laughs) I know some of you here tonight have been sucked in by this new trend. You know who you are. And uh, what I can't understand about wild swimming is, it's not just that people go and find some windswept spot and willingly jump into icy cold water it's also that they love doing it. Uh, we had some friends stay the other weekends and they went wild swimming twice in one weekend here in the peaks and they tried to convince me to come as well saying you'll love it. It's madness. As we turn to our reading in 2 Corinthians there's something else that sounds like madness. I wonder if you noticed it. Verse 7. A cheerful giver if we're a Christian here tonight then we probably know that right through the Bible the Lord calls his people to respond to his generous gifts to us by being generous to other people but the thought of giving our money away often feels like jumping into an icy pool of cold water we know we should do it but we don't want to and so How could it possibly be the case in verse 7 that we are called to be cheerful givers? It sounds like madness, doesn't it? I mean, it's hard to earn money. If we have a job, we know that often our our experience of work can be that it is demanding or exhausting or or stressful or or boring or all those all at once. And if we scrape together some of our savings, then it means that we have resources to, to buy a house and to get food and clothes and if there's enough left over then we can have some fun in life, go on holiday, go to the cinema, just bring little things to enrich our experience. And so the thought of giving our money away cheerfully, it's difficult. And for those of us for whom money is tight at the moment, I know there are many like that at the moment, then this thought of being a cheerful giver is all the harder This Sunday, we are taking some time as a church family to consider our financial giving. If we're new to Fullwood, we do this around about once a year. Um, My goal tonight is not in any way to induce a sense of guilt or compulsion. In fact, verse 7 says that this should not be how we give, nor should it be done publicly to impress other people, but rather a matter of the heart done privately. And yet I do hope as we look at God's word together tonight we'll see how it is possible to give cheerfully so let's dive in I've got three reasons three points tonight why we can be cheerful givers I do want to say if you're the kind of person who listens to the length of each point and get worried about how long the sermon's going to be the first point is much longer than the second two points so don't give up hope but here's our first point generous giving results in abundant blessing. Let's pick it up, verse 6. The Apostle Paul writes, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. If you're a farmer, what you do around about January time will have a big impact on what happens around about September. If you sow a small handful of seed in January, you'll expect a small harvest in September. If you sow a a lorry full of seed in January, you can expect a much bigger harvest in September. And what is true with farming is also true when it comes to Christians giving generously to support other Christians. I say that because verse seven follows verse six. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. The church in Jerusalem in Paul's day was hard up financially. They were under great pressure. And eight hundred miles to the north, Christians in Corinth had said that they would be willing to get together a financial contribution to send via Paul to the church in Jerusalem to help them in their financial need. But when it came to it, the Corinthian Christians were dragging their feet about actually making good on their promise. I guess for them, it might have felt like jumping into an icy cold pool of water to give. And I think uh, this picture of the farmer sowing seed helps us to understand something of the dilemma they and probably us as well feel when it comes to giving our money away. Again, think of the farmer in January. They've got a small stockpile of seed at their disposal, and they could do two things with this seed. They could either grind it up into flour and feed their family through the winter, or they could take that seed and do something that would feel very risky in the short term. They could put it into the ground for the next nine months. In our day and age, uh, we can go to the shops and buy bread whenever we want. But back in Paul's day, that decision to either eat the seed or sow the seed would have been a very difficult decision to make. And isn't that how it feels when it comes to giving our money away? In the short term, it feels like a loss. We might wonder if we're being foolish. I think our instinct is to to pull our resources and keep it close in case we need it. And yet, verse 6 says, whoever sows generously will also reap generously. We live in an atheistic, materialistic culture. The soundtrack that we hear day in, day out is that our future happiness depends on us. We need to get the right exam results to get the right course on, at, at university to get on the right career path as a graduate, to get the right career progression, to get the right kind of salary, to get the kind of happiness that we all long for. And it's not money itself, it's what money can buy. The, the comedian Joan Rivers once said, people say that money is not the key to happiness, but I always figured if you have enough money, you can have a key made. And with this soundtrack echoing in our ears, it does sound like madness to give our money away. But there is one fundamental problem with the soundtrack we hear. It's this, there is a God. He made the whole world out of nothing. And out of his infinite supply of his power and resources. He is more than able to provide for all our needs and more. And in God's world, when God's people are generous with their money, something amazing happens, verse eight, and God is able to bless you abundantly, or verse 11, you will be enriched in every way. And so here is one big reason why it's possible to be a cheerful giver. In God's world, generous giving results in abundant blessing. I think it's possible to think of God as being slightly tight-fisted or, or stingy or perhaps overly demanding of us, maybe asking too much of us, or, or even that perhaps that God doesn't really care about our daily struggles and challenges. But God is not like that. And he has demonstrated in history once and for all just how generous he is by sending his son, his much-beloved son, into the world. Just in the previous chapter in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, Paul has written... For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. You see, the Son had it all in heaven, but such is God's generosity that he came down from heaven, took on a human nature in the person of Jesus, so that he could die in the most horrific way on the cross for us. He became poor so that we could become rich in the most amazing way. And when a person puts their trust in Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. We become co-heirs with Christ of an amazing future inheritance that is glorious, being kept for us in heaven until the day Christ appears. And this is what God is like. So generous that he would give us his only son, and welcome us into his family. And if that is, God is, if that is what God is like when it comes to those big things, surely he can care for us in the smaller things of life as well. Generous giving results in abundant blessing. I know many of us here tonight will have experienced this pattern in our own lives. We have taken that risky step of giving our money generously to support gospel ministry. And it has felt like a cost. We have probably felt the, 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 kind of, the, the kind of loss of it. And yet we've also discovered again and again the Lord's faithful, generous provision for us. And when we see this pattern at work, it is exciting. It's joyful to realize that God is actively at work in his world to bless and sustain his people so that we can be generous. This is no prosperity gospel. With a prosperity gospel that the goal is to gain our own personal wealth for our own good. But look at verse 8 again. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work. The goal of God's blessing here is not to help us convert the basement into a swimming pool and to put a ferrari on the drive but rather to support us so that we can go on being generous in the future that's the good work Paul is talking about in verse 8 look at verse 11 you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion it's a stunning picture of how God's world works the all powerful, all wise, all resourceful God of heaven delights to pour out his blessing on his people so that they are able to be generous to others. And as they are generous to them, God is generous to keep the supply of resources topped up so that this cascade of generosity can continue. We cannot outgive God. So I wonder, how does this apply to us? I think it will depend on our circumstances. Uh, for some here tonight, perhaps our position is more like the Christians in Jerusalem. Our bank accounts are empty. Uh, we're in need. Uh, far from being able to give away money, we actually need others to give money to us to sustain us. And I hope that that is true of us tonight, that we feel no sense of guilt or shame Paul delighted to write this letter and to encourage the Corinthians to give. And very often, the way the Lord shows his kindness to us is through the generosity of other Christians giving to us to help us. It's a beautiful thing. For others, we might have some money, but not much. Well, can I say that generosity is not about how much we give, Uh, When I was a kid, my parents used to give us pocket money, and when I was younger, they used to give me one pound and 11 pence. Now, don't worry, um, I'm old enough, that inflation makes that number sound quite small, Um, but it was an odd number, wasn't it? One pound and 11 pence. Why the 11 pence? Because my parents were helping me to have the option, if I wanted to, to give 10% away of what I brought in. 11 pence is 10% of one pound 11p. Now, 11 pence is not a lot of money. It wasn't back then, it's not today, and I can tell you that 11 pence is not gonna be the deal breaker for the church's finances. But what my parents were inviting me to experience, from a, even from a young age, was to consider doing something difficult, giving away 10% of what I had brought in, In order to begin the adventure of discovering that the Lord abundantly blesses us when we give generously, it's a wonderful gift for them to pass on. And even if we can only give 11 pence today, perhaps we're a young person, perhaps we're a student, and that is actually the kind of money we could consider giving. Can I say that generosity is not about the amount that we give, but about the heart attitude? And even if we think the amount we could give is so small, it won't make a difference to the finances. Can I encourage you to consider taking that leap of adventure, the life of faith, discovering that God is generous and will sustain us as we are generous to him. But for others, perhaps God has blessed us with money in our bank accounts, That once we've paid the bills and look after our basic needs and responsibilities, what if God has put that money into our accounts so that we are resourced to give some of it away to bless and encourage other Christians? It can be a scary thing to give our money away, like jumping into a pool of icy cold water. But the promise from God's word is that the God of infinite power and wisdom will look after us. He won't let us down. Indeed, as we give, we'll be able to discover something new and exciting and joyful about how God blesses his people. I think financial giving is very much uh, in Paul's mind here, and financial resourcing from God, I think, is also in his mind, but not just financial blessings from God, I wonder if you noticed something else. Verse 10, Paul talks about a harvest of righteousness. Through the death of Jesus, for those who trust in him, we are once and for all made righteous through his giving of himself for us. We are declared righteous before God. And yet, God longs that as his people, we begin to behave in righteous ways. Not that we earn our place in God's people through our behavior, but we are called to increasingly be righteous even as we are made righteous. And one of the ways that we see righteousness worked out in practice is as God's people begin to develop a generous heart for other people. It's a good thing, a righteous thing, to be generous. To live this way pleases the Lord as we trust him, and it also brings us great joy as well. Generous giving results in abundant blessing. Here's the second key to cheerful giving. Generous giving results in thanksgiving to God. Johnny's kind of mentioned it already tonight, but at the end of 2022, our treasurer got in touch with the church family to let us know that we were facing a deficit budget for this current year of around 300,000 pounds. It was quite a sobering bit of news to receive. I know it was quite shocking for many of us here in the church family. I actually spoke to a number of you after the news was, was shared with us and you said to me that if we were a business this could be the end of the business. Such was the deficit. But of course the church of God is not a business because we are resourced by the infinite all powerful God. And it is right for us to stand here tonight to consider the fact that as we can see things now we are facing a, a balanced budget for 20 23 and it's because God has been generous to us as a church and it's right for us to stop and to praise the Lord, to thank him for his amazing generosity to us beyond human wisdom and human reckoning and of course also to thank you all for the way in which you've played your part as God has enabled you and spurred you on as well look at verse 12 This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. It's right, isn't it, for us to stop? Like Paul was trying to get the Corinthians to pause and to consider God's amazing blessing, his resourcing of his people to be generous and to praise him for what he gives us. That's why we've called today Thanksgiving Sunday, as well as a gift Sunday, but a Thanksgiving Sunday. We have an amazing God who has been so generous to us in so many ways. It's right for our hearts to be stirred towards thankfulness. But there's another kind of thankfulness going on here in verse 13 as well. Uh, Verse 13, because of the service by which you have provided yourselves, reproved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. If I can go back to my analogy of wild swimming one last time, there's that moment of standing on the edge, I'm told, um, when you're thinking, can I go through with this? Can I really jump into this pool of icy water? And it can be true with our financial giving as well. Certainly true of the Corinthians as they struggle to actually follow through on their promise to give. But when someone does take the plunge and when someone does actually give, well, verse 13, it's a sign that the gospel of Jesus Christ is bearing fruit in their hearts and their lives. And to see lives being transformed by a generous God who sent his son to die for us being transformed such that we would give our money away to bless others. It's another cause for praise. God is at work in the world to change hearts and lives, to make people who are not by nature generous into people who are increasingly generous. And again and again, I've seen this here at Forward. I've seen the church family here gripped by God's gospel and his generosity to us and responding in amazing generosity towards other people. And it's wonderful to see the gospel bearing fruit in people's lives. Generous giving results in thanksgiving to God. And our final reason for joyful giving is this. Generous giving results in strengthened relationships. Look at verse 14. And in their prayers for you, that is the Jerusalem church, in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace of God has given you. When Christians experience the generosity of other Christians, it strengthens the relationships. Hearts go out to others. It is what, that's what was happening between the Jerusalem church and the Corinthian church. Uh, we see it today with our mission partners. The PCC have committed ourselves to giving a significant amount of our budget every year to supporting our mission partners elsewhere in this country and overseas. And time and again, our mission partners report back to us how wonderful it is to know that they are backed by us, not just in our prayers, in our communication, but also in our financial giving. They feel it from us. And their hearts go out to us. The bond between us is strengthened as we give to support them. And it happens within a local church as well. The pocket money of a nine-year-old is not going to go very far when it comes to paying the wages of our staff team who look after our children and families' ministry. And so how wonderful it is for parents to know that there are 20s and 30s in the church family who don't have kids who cheerfully and sacrificially give of their money into the general fund of the church to help support lots of things, but including our ministry amongst children and families. Parents, be encouraged. And when we spot that, I'm sure your hearts go out to the 20s and 30s. Thank you for supporting my children. Students, we love students here at Forward. I know many of you can't give very much financially. Many of you have big loans and debts to pay. I hope you feel encouraged that many within our church care about student ministry. We love you. We want you to grow spiritually. In fact, we love you so much that many give sacrificially and generously to the work of the church so that we can pay for our student team to look after you and build you up in Christ. And as you realize that, perhaps your hearts will go out to others who have given that you might be supported. There is something wonderful about God's people being generous to others that strengthens the bonds, the relationships between humans. 2 Corinthians 9 paints a challenging but a wonderful picture of the Christian life, a life of cheerful giving, inspired and sustained by a fresh revelation that we have a God in heaven who loves us dearly And who has all the power and resources needed to meet our every need, even as we are generous to others. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the way in which the Apostle Paul understands the Corinthian church and their struggles to actually give. Thank you that your word does acknowledge that it's hard often to give our money. It's scary and difficult. Help us to see afresh the glory of your generosity, to see your heart for us, to be persuaded that you are for us, that you care for us. As we look at your son and how you gave us the most precious thing you had, persuade us afresh that when we live for you, and trust you, you will never let us down. And I pray this for your glory and for our good. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we respond, we're gonna sing two songs that remind us of the glory of our God.